even yet before us. And for that, Lord, we just say thank you. Lord, it's a comfort to know that whatever we're dealing with right now, it's not too much because you won't won't put more on us than we're able to bear. But Lord, with every situation, with every trial, with every storm, Lord, you make a way of escape. You make a way out so that we'll be able to handle it. We'll be able to bear it. And through it all, Lord, you're showing us something. Even in the season of our trial, you're showing us that we're stronger than we think we are. We're more powerful than we realize. And Lord, you're also teaching us to lean and depend on you just a little bit more. And the more we depend on you, the more we lean on you, the more we wait on you, Lord. They that wait on the Lord, you shall renew our strength. Lord, we will mount up with wings as eagles. We shall run and not be weary. We shall walk and not faint. And Lord, we're claiming all these things according to thy word in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. We're certainly grateful to see each and every one of you here on this morning and we're grateful to God for his blessings, for his mercy and for his kindness. As you can see, uh, we're so grateful to see so many of you this morning and we're thankful that God has just allowed us to come to the point where we are now. Amen. A couple years ago, I don't know, didn't know where we were going, where we were headed, but God has brought us up until now. And the songwriter said, I don't believe he brought me this far to leave me praise God that in all of this, when we see chaos, God still has a plan. Oh, I need you to adopt that into your spirit. When we see chaos, God still has a plan. And I'm grateful that even when I don't see it, God has a plan just for me. God has a purpose just for me. God has blessings just for me. And I'm thankful and grateful. How many of you in here will will just acknowledge it for a moment that even though we've been in a pandemic, God has yet blessed you. You've received blessings of God. God's favor has still been upon your life that despite what everything else is swirling around us, God has yet blessed us. And for that, I'm grateful and thankful to God. And I'm thankful for each of you on this morning. We're going quickly to the word of the Lord. If you will follow us there. We are going to look in Job chapter 14, and we're going to be looking at verses 7 through 9. Again, that's Job chapter 14, verses 7 through 9. And the word of the Lord in Job chapter 7, Job chapter 14, verses 7 through 9, and Hold on, let me, let me get on the same page. Get on the same page as our media team because I gave them one version and I was about to read another. <laughs> Amen. Job chapter 14, verses 7 through 9, and the word reads, For there is hope for a tree, if it be cut down, that it will sprout again, and that its shoots will not cease. Though its root grow old in the earth and its stump die in the soil, yet at the scent of water, it will bud and put out branches like a young plant. Heavenly Father, Lord, in these moments, open our hearts and our minds and our spirits to be receptive. Let us recognize this destiny moment as our own and allow your word to literally guide our life, our purpose into your path. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. I want to share a series with you for the month of May. 
And, uh, you know, we'll take a break next week for Mother's Day. We'll have a special Mother's Day message. But for the month, the remainder of the month of May, I want to talk to you from the idea, the series Triggered. Triggered. Triggered has a special connotation for us in the last few years, but it still retains its original meaning. When you think of triggered in the modern day context, in our social economic climate in the last few years, you think of something that occurs that happens that triggers an emotional response. Relative to that, we think of the death and uh, the circumstances related to the death of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and many of those other African Americans who we felt died senselessly. And their deaths can trigger an emotional response that takes us back, particularly as African American people, back to an older time in this country where our lives certainly did not matter and certainly were not counted. And that's what triggered is often used in the modern sense. But it still maintains its original meaning in that triggered is something that creates a reaction. A trigger, it activates something in the ears of the person who hears it. And when I begin to think about it, and of course when you talk about hearing, you know I'm going to say faith comes by hearing. When I begin to think of how we allow certain things that happen in the media and that we see online to trigger an emotional response, I begin to look at it in the context as Christian, as those who are growing in God, how we are also triggered or we allow things to be activated in ourselves. When I think about it that way, it's just like this. They talk about uh, uh, two sons can, be, can both grow up in an alcoholic, uh, alcoholic home. The father can be an alcoholic, and one will say as he grows up, I will never take a drink because my father was an alcoholic. While the other one will say, I'm an alcoholic because my father was an alcoholic. So though they are both, they are both set to the same stimuli, they are both confronted by the same set of circumstances, but it triggers a different response in each one of them. When I begin to think of that, I begin to think that God has called us out to be a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a a peculiar people who are called out of darkness into this marvelous light, which means to me, we can set in the same set of circumstances as those who don't believe, but yet it triggers a different response in us than it does to those who are around us. I wish you were with me this morning. That means that I can work right beside somebody who's doing the same job that I do and has the same income that I have and and has the same set of circumstances that I do, but I can still have joy while they're feeling depressed. We're subject to the same set of stimuli, but it triggers or activates something different in me than it does in them because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. My environment triggers me a little bit differently and activates something different in me when I recognize that God is with me. So when I begin to think of our current climate and how many have used the environment and what's going on and the the inflation that we're experiencing and the housing market being in disarray and gas prices soaring and we're talking about the, the pandemic as well, how one set of people can it can trigger a response that causes them to give up. But I begin to wonder, what is God trying to activate in you? 
And that's the question that I have for each of you, and I want you to carry that question with you home personally. Relative to what is going on in my life, what is God trying to activate in me? There is something on the inside that God is trying to activate, and our circumstances will set some of these things off. God's trying to set something off in your life. When I begin to look at that relative to our text and in studying what was said here relative to Job, and Job was talking to who were his so-called friends, to give you a little context of the text. In Job chapter 14, the incidents giving, incidents giving rise to Job losing all that he had had already occurred. So what we're seeing here in the text right here is that he's confronted by a few of his friends, or I, I put friends in quotation marks there, because if you listen to what they're saying, most of them are blaming Job for his own circumstances. They're saying, Job, the only reason that you're in the situation you're in is because you must have sinned so bad. You must have done something wrong. And I want to let you know that that's often a trick of the enemy. The enemy is trying to advise you that you're on the wrong path. Let me tell you, it's not that, it's not that uh, the devil has to keep you from coming to church. The devil just has to get, convince you that you're on the wrong path. If he convinces you that you're on the wrong path, I tell you what you do is you step out of the place of God's providence. And when you step out of the place where God has told you to be, then you miss his blessings. And then if you miss his blessings, then you begin to think that God is not with you. And all the devil had to do, he didn't have to keep you from coming to church, but he convinced you to step out of line, out of the path that God had designed for you. So that's what, that's what these men are kind of suggesting to Job, that you must have stepped out of line. And that's what the devil does to us. He tries to convince you that you're not on the right path because you're facing adversity. So what is your natural response to that? When someone tells you you're going the wrong way, you change your direction. If someone's taking, telling you you're taking the wrong route, then you attempt to take another route. And that's all the devil wants to do. All the devil needs to do is reroute you. Because if he reroutes you, you'll become discouraged. You'll run into storms that are unnecessary. Remember, we talk about uh, Jonah. Jonah ran into unnecessary storms. Jonah had to be thrown from the boat, and he wound up in the belly of the fish. And that was all unnecessary because he decided to go the wrong way. And often that's what the devil tries to do, to reroute us. So if we take an alternate path, then we are not subject to God's blessings or God's promise. Now, along that way, we'll likely run into storms that are unnecessary and we'll become discouraged along the way. Don't allow the devil to convince you that you're taking the wrong path just because you're facing adversity. The Bible reminds us, it said, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial as though some strange thing has happened to you. There's no temptation taking you that, but it, such is common to man. What it's saying is that we anticipate facing adversity, but in the middle of that adversity, we can't allow the devil to convince us that we're taking the wrong path. Because when God tells you to go a certain way, again, God didn't say it'll be easy. He just said, I'll be with you. Now, I didn't say, won't, I didn't say you won't face adversity. I didn't say people won't lie, about, lie on you. I didn't say people won't talk about you. I didn't, I didn't say it, well, you won't cry at night sometimes. He said, you, you'll cry, but, but let me let you know. He said, your weeping may endure for the night, but, but, but joy comes in, in the morning. It's not a perpetual state of weeping that you will experience. He said, I'm going to be right there with you even when you encounter the storm. 
Uh, just to think of the, the, the trepidation that Job must have felt when the accumulation of his problems had found him at this point at the bottom of the tree talking to his friends and his friends are sitting there telling him, not only have you lost everything, but we came to remind you that it's your fault. It's your fault. And that's another trick of the enemy, not only to remove us from our path, but to make you feel guilty. Because if he makes you feel guilty, then you don't feel worthy. And if you don't feel worthy, then you don't exercise your dominion. God's given us power and authority over things. He's given us dominion over so many things. There's so much power in your tongue. Some of us are suffering some things right now that we could get over if we'd simply open our mouth. I wish you were in here with me because I, I, I sense your power even though you don't, you're not operating in it right now. I sense your power out there sitting there looking at me and those who are watching online. I, I sense the power that you have that you have not yet exercised because you simply have not opened your mouth. I opened your mouth. It's like the child, sometimes you, you, your child is suffering through something because they simply did not tell you what they were dealing with. And if they had told you, you could have fixed it. You could have turned the situation around. And when you come to them, what's the first thing you say to them? You ask them the question, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you tell me? If I, I, I could have fixed it, if you had told me. I could have changed the outcome if you had told me. So, so what God is saying to us is saying there are some things that you're going through right now. Some are a condition or just subject to you following my path. But there are some things you're going through because you did not open your mouth. There are some things you, you're suffering with because you did not open your mouth. And, and I'm not saying that the things are easy to, to, to knock down by yourself. I'm saying you didn't call and ask God for any help. It's not that the thing doesn't seem formidable on its own. But, but what, you did, what you failed to do is open your mouth and ask God for his help. All you had to do was ask for assistance. All you had to do was tell God that it was a problem. In fact, sometimes God will even cause to change the circumstances and things that even annoy you. <laughs> there are some annoyances in your life that God, if you opened your mouth, God would allow some of those things to be set aside. You know why I know? Because he says, lay aside every weight and sin that does so easily beset you. God said, I even got you on the small things. Got you on the small things. Point it at your neighbor and say, God said, I've got you on the small things. Just, just, even, just even the small things. Uh, this wasn't in my text, but I, I, I believe it was Paul. And, and, and Paul heard that this woman was speaking with a disturbed spirit. And God didn't tell Paul to cast the spirit out of the woman. Paul got annoyed because she kept talking so much and turned around and said, spirit, come out of her. And God took the spirit out because it was annoying, Paul. I wish somebody knew how much power you have in your mouth. There's so much power that we don't exercise and we're allowing things around us to trigger the wrong responses because we're not operating in the dominion that God gave us. You're more powerful than that. I want you to imagine how powerful you think you are. And however powerful you think that is, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, you're more powerful than that. 
And the reason I can say that without asking you what you're thinking is because we serve a God that it does exceeding abundantly above all that we can even ask, think, or imagine. Whatever you think your capacity is to walk in the auspices of God's power, you have greater authority and greater power than that because God thinks higher than we do. God thinks on another level than we do. God works on another level than we can even imagine. You have more power than you're exercising. So, so when I when I say when when things in the, our environment may trigger us, sometimes we're allowing small things to exercise more authority and power than they truly have. Remember how the story of Job started. Now, remember how it started. Because the sons of God came to the to speak to God, and amongst them was the devil himself. And then the God told the devil, "Have you considered my servant Job?" And then the devil said, yeah, I have considered him. And, and yes, he does not serve you for naught. He has a lot of things. You have blessed him so much. And if that's not enough, you have constructed a hedge about him so that even when I try to touch him, I can't. I wish y'all were with me right here. When, when I tried to touch him, I, I thought about getting him last week. But, but when I tried to, tried to reach him, I, 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 I could not touch him because you have constructed such a hedge I wish I wish I had a few people in here that circumstances in your life tried to touch you but they failed and then I want to remind you it's not because the devil did not try I wish I had him. See, see, to me, it, it, the power of God is not that the devil, the devil doesn't want me. The power of God is that he wants to and he can't. There are, are, are weapons that are lined up and formed against you, but, but they don't work because I have a God that is actively protecting me against the intentional assault of the devil. I want, I want to give you this because I, I think we look at it in a vacuum. The reason that God protects us is because the devil, like Jesus told Peter, the devil, he wants to sift you as we. But Jesus said, but, but Peter, I prayed for him. I've already thought in advance of what the devil was trying to do for, uh, to you, and, 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 I, and I prayed for him. And what I want you to know is that the devil has a plan for each and every one of you, and he's tried to touch you. He's, he's tried to touch you. And, and if any of you have ever been in sin, I, I just have to raise my hand. He tried to take my life when I was in sin. He had a plan for your destruction before you got it right. But somewhere along the way, I don't know your testimony, but I can say you're here. So somewhere along the line, the devil's plan for you failed. And the evidence that his plan failed is that I'm still, I'm still here. So the devil tried it, but it failed because I'm still here. The devil tried to take you out, but it failed because... I'm still here. The devil tried to take your life, but it failed because I'm still here. He, he tried to get you while you were at the hospital, but, but, but I, I got discharged. And I, I, 
I'm still here. He tried to take my life while I was on the highway and I got in an accident, but, but somehow I made it through that and, I, and I'm still here. He tried to take my children's life. I wish I were in here with me, but God knew I had all, he already told me they're going to be saved and they're not saved yet. So they had to keep on living. He tried it and he failed and the evidence of what the devil failed at is me because I'm still I'm still here. I might have a few scratches, but I'm still here. I, I might have a few wounds, but I'm still here. I don't have everything that I had before, but I'm still here. Everything hasn't gone my way, but I'm still here. I might not even feel in my body the way I want to feel, but but my testimony to the devil is I'm still, I'm still here. Somebody say, I'm still here. And the worst way to defy the devil is to just keep on living. <laughs> you want to make the devil mad? Just keep on living. And I dare you, why are you living to go ahead and just put a praise on him? That's why David said, I know I messed up in my life. He said, but I'm, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Because see, the thing about that is if they're saying it to me, I must be here. I must be alive in defiance of what the devil desires and what he wants for my life. I'm still here. So while I'm here, I'm going to testify. See, that's what the devil really wants. He wants your testimony. He wants your testimony. He wants to steal your testimony because some of you all have the audacity to open your mouth and tell other people how good God's been. He wants to steal your testimony. He wants to take away you telling somebody else how good God has been. So when I think of the goodness of Jesus, I'm triggered. I'm triggered by my past. I'm triggered by thinking about how God has brought me here. I'm triggered by the things that I've been through, but some way, somehow, I'm still here. It triggers something on the inside because my soul cries out. Hallelujah. I'm allowing and causing life to trigger a praise in my life. And that's what God wants from you. That's what God desires from you. God desires some grateful and thankful people who have the audacity to praise him in the middle of your situation. It's easy to praise him when you get out. I wish I had. When the check comes, it's easy to praise. Uh, When the court situation is over, it's easy to praise when, when, when the family situation has been resolved, it's easy to praise. When you have the job you want, it's easy to praise. But God desires some people who have the audacity to praise him while you're still waiting on the check. 
God wants some people who will praise him when the job situation hasn't worked out. I dare you to praise me while the family is still struggling. I dare you to praise me while your heart is still broken. God said, I'll honor your praise because your praise is a seedling of faith. When you praise God while you're going through, you're planting something in the ground that you haven't even seen yet. But the word said, if you bind whatever you bind on earth, shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. I'm praising him before it happens because I'm expecting God to turn that situation around. I'm praising him before it happens because I believe in what he told me and whatever God said, I'm going to stand on it and having done all the stand. something that I saw in my house on this past week. I was given a gift in, at Christmas and the, the gift that I was given was just a, a small, I think it was an aloe vera plant. And I know they're trusting in me because I don't have the same green thumb that, my, that grandma had. But, but I, 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 we've tried to water it. We've put it in a place where it can get sunlight and it's been growing and I've been kind of proud of myself that, that it's still growing I think the nature of the plant is really more what's kept it alive it doesn't need a lot of care <laughs> but, but I'm still going to take pride in the fact that it's still alive but what, what really inspired me relative to being triggered what we're talking about when you're triggered it activates something that's inside of you. When you're triggered, it activates something that's inside of you. And you have to be careful what's in you because some people are triggered and they cuss out everybody around them. Come on, y'all. <laughs> that lets you know what's in you. I tell you, when I, 
When I had my accident, I've, I've shared the story several times. When I had the accident, I'm veering off the side of the road and I'm headed toward the pole. All I'm saying is Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus. That, that was a sign to me. That's what's in me. That, that's what is in what's coming out is what's in me. But what I found out about this plant, I didn't know. And some of you were probably fully aware of this because I told you I'm not a plant person. But the plant has been growing. But on this past week, I looked and I noticed that there was a little green leaf that was popping up beside it. And then I looked on the other side. I turned the pot and there was another green leaf popping up out of the dirt on the other side. What I didn't realize is that this plant, when it was, it was being treated well, had other plants inside of it. It was causing the, the, the ground to produce new seedlings that are now sprouting and that are now growing because it's, it's growing and it's being treated well. And when I thought about it, when I thought about being triggered, it made me realize that when the God says there's something in you, not only is there something greater in you, there are new saints and new people and new Christians that are going to grow out of you. There, there, are, there, there are people who are going to be planted and people who are going to be fertilized and people who are going to be watered because of you. And that's what the devil does not want. He does not want that to be activated. He doesn't want you to be saved. He sure enough don't want you causing other people to be saved. I, I, I was mad enough when they by themselves and now they trying to sprout new people around you baby if you want to understand something that's what the devil he definitely wants to kill that in you he wants to kill your ability to reproduce I've shared this before and it's the truth the most powerful thing about the apple is not the apple itself but it's the seed inside the apple because the seed inside the apple doesn't grow another apple it grows another apple tree and because a tree is inside the apple, it's able to produce something that's greater than itself. And what I'm telling you is that sometimes you think you're having struggles of conscience and struggles of faith and struggles with addiction. And you know what the devil's trying to do? He's trying to derail your ability to reproduce. Because he knows there's something greater in you than you yourself something more powerful in you than you than yourself and he wants to kill it and leave it to man to come up with the seedless fruit because when you come up with the seedless fruit the man is causing the fruit to be unable to reproduce something that's greater than itself don't allow man don't allow circumstances. Don't be triggered and allow the devil to cry and kill what's in you. There's something so powerful in you. There's other souls in you. There are some people who are going to be saved because of you. There are some people's lives who are going to be touched because of your testimony. 
And all the devil is trying to do is derail your testimony so you don't reproduce something that's greater than yourself. Can I pray with you? Heavenly Father, Lord, touch us right now in this moment. Help us to preserve and protect that which you have put in us. Don't allow us to be triggered by this world in a way that it kills that which you've invested on the inside of us. But Lord, let us be reminded that you're the one who put it in us. Lord, you, you knew us before thou were formed in the belly. I, I knew that you knew us before we even came forth. So you are acutely aware of what is in us. Help us, Lord, to live upright according to you. Help us, Lord, to live according to your word. And Lord, help us along our path to not be distracted by everything else that's going on. But to preserve that which you put in us. And to allow that purpose to guide us from day to day, even when the devil tries to distract us. Lord, we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, put those hands together and give God some praise. Give him some praise on those this morning. For those of you who've been watching us virtually, we pray God's blessing over your life until we shall see you again. I hope and pray that each of you were touched and inspired by our service today. If you wish to partner with us, you can do so by Giveify. Download the app on Apple Store or Google Play and search for Bright Temple. If you wish to partner with us on Cash App, just look for Bright Temple in the two line. And in the four line, tell us the purpose of your gift. If you would rather mail your gift, you can mail us at Bright Temple. Post Office Box 453, Shelbyville, Tennessee, 37162. Thanks in advance for your generosity, and we pray God's blessings on you and your gift.